Hello, and welcome to our latest episode of Ships of the Trek Universe. I'm Brandon, your host for this collaboration podcast with Hero Collector and the executive producer and host of Ship Talking Podcast. I'm also very excited to be joined by two members of the Hero Collector team today, Ben Robinson and Fabio Passaro. Ben, glad to have you back. And Fabio, welcome to the show. Hi. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Back for our second episode already. The first one got a lot of great feedback. Uh, Always fun to talk ships and... Oh my gosh, we're uh, we're getting deeper into the collection, so I'm excited that we're moving forward with this next episode. There's some really cool ships coming out. Yeah, there's some fairly uh, obscure stuff in yeah. Picard, I guess. Or you don't see it very clearly right. a lot of times in the episodes. So that's one of the things that's been nice for us is, you know, we get the model, Fabio opens it up, we find out what it really looks like. <laughs> that's something that we talk about on our main podcast all the time is that we often don't get to see what these ships actually look like until you make them. Then we can get that 360 look, which uh, I'm really hoping, you know, come season four of Discovery, we get to see more ship time. And of course, with Strange New Worlds coming up, we're going to be able to see new alien ships, things like that. But uh, yeah, very exciting. Now, Ben, you've been with us before, so the community knows about you. But just a very quick reminder about your role at Hero Club. Um, I basically look after everything, my <laughs> sins, um, and I am the main link with um, the guys at CBS and the production office. Awesome. And Fabio, really great to have you here for your first episode. What about your role? What do you do to make these ships come to life and into our hands? Well, my role is a pretty good, difficult one to define. I'd probably say I'm a digital alchemist. Ah, I like that. In which I get things from different studios and they all have their own way of preparing things. And then I have to sort through them, put them into a format that we can use. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm changing it from one thing to another. Right. That the factory can use and, that, and then that I can then use to do renders for the magazine. Oh, brilliant. And for the fans. I absolutely love the magazine renders because you really get to see it kind of in that orthographic look. And it's just awesome. Um, well, there's no two better individuals to be joining this episode. So I'm glad you're here for me for this one. And for our listeners, if you've not had a chance to listen to the first episode last month, a quick heads up on what this series is all about. So we're going to actually put on an episode alongside each ship and their accompanying magazine that Hero Collector is going to release in the Star Trek Universe collection. So these are the ships that come from Picard, Discovery, and upcoming shows like Strange New Worlds, and you can expect discussions around each one. The last one was about La Serena, and for this one, we're going to be talking about the USS Zhenghei, which is the ship Riker showed up in command of in the season one finale of Picard. Now we're going to dive deeper into her design in just a moment, but first, Fabio, for this ship specifically, can you tell us a little bit about your work that went into bringing the Zhenghei into our hands? Well, first of all, the package that we got from the studios, there was um, it was a bit like um, an airfix kit with no instructions, really. I, I knew there were four models there. Right. And we really didn't know which one was going to be the Zheng He until I nearly finished working on all four of them. Wow. So I, I could ascertain that there was four different variants, mm-hmm. uh, whereas there was different nacelles, basically, was the only difference. But then with four different paint jobs. Ah, right, okay. So once I sorted them out and, and sort of recreated them, reapplied the textures, and finally got to have a good look at them, then we dealt with the naming, and then 
finally we found out which one was the Zenghi, mm-hmm. and then I started to prepare that one for its magazine renders. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I, I know I was reading in the magazine that the ship comes with that really there were four different ships, and maybe we didn't really get to see that up on screen, but with the two different paint jobs and then the two different nacelle variants, we had those four different ones. I know they all fell into that inquiry class, which is what the Zhenghe is. Uh, but Ben, I know, of course, you did some of the work on this as well. What were some of the specific tasks you worked on when it came to the Zhenghe? Well, I think, as Fab says, the first thing was just working out how many of them there were. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see this massive fleet arrive at the end, and then it's like, oh, you know, you have people like um, Yor from Ex Astra screen. They're not the same. They're different. Right. Yep. Um, and then when we got the assets, it's like, okay, how are they different? Is there anything in there that people missed? Because you don't get to see them up really close. So that was the first thing we had to sort out. Right. Okay. Um, and then we had to, there was a whole thing about what, what class name they were mm-hmm. uh, and what names the other ships had, mm-hmm. because Michael Chabon has been going on social media and answering questions, but it hadn't necessarily gone through the normal process in the uh, the CBS art department. Right, okay. So if you think about the, like, the season one Discovery ships, those were all named in the art department. And that's why they're all um, X-plane pilots, because mm. that was a big thing for John Eves. Yeah, okay. Um, but in this case, you've got the showrunners thinking, actually, <laughs> I want to name this ship. Right. And so there was a different process for it. And we had to sort of go back through CBS channels and say, okay, what is this called? What are the other ships? You know, what what names have they got? Where? What about the registries? I mean, Fabs, I, I can't remember whether there, were there any registries on the models that we got? Well, when we finally saw that that shot when Riker turns up with his fleet, yeah, it was obvious to me what what they'd done. That they had a, a couple of models and they'd used something that we call instancing in the trade to, to make a big fleet. Mm-hmm. So none of them actually had any registries on them. Okay. So that, that that was one of the jobs we had to do at the end was you know apply the the, the registry markings. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if it's if it's going to be a a um, a massive fleet and you'd, you'd have to go into each model right and give its own name if you could actually see it so yeah, you'd have to have an individual you'd have if you had 50 ships in your fleet you'd need 50 separate models or or 50 separate pieces just for those registries and that i think in the time they had would have been a bit too restrictive for them yeah well and i think you'd have to have been at least on an 8k tv right. to even begin to <laughs> see yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> to zoom in and see them. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump into some of the insights of the ship. So we've talked about it already. Captain temporarily by Captain Riker, and he billed her as the toughest, fastest, most powerful ship Starfleet had ever put into service. So we know that, you know, this ship represented cutting edge of Starfleet's ship design. It was massive and it was heavily armed. But that said, we actually didn't get to see its firepower, right? Because, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, the fleets retreated at the end. And so so we don't actually get to see it in any, uh, you know, dogfight there, but uh, supposedly very, very powerful. Yeah, and made very much at the last minute. Uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, for those of you who've been following the, the evolution of the first season of Picard, you'll know that the story changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that right up until the last minute, the art department had actually gone home, not expecting there to be a Federation fleet taking on the Romulans. Um, so there are various Starfleet ships they designed in the course of the season, um, but they weren't expecting any of them at that point to be the Zhenghe, or at least to be in that fleet. 
Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. I read that in the magazine as well. I guess John had gone back home. He had packed up and then he got a phone call and said, we need something in an hour's time. And he <laughs> uh, he pulled out his concepts. And I know that he actually worked on these concepts. What was it back in 2006, I believe, for a Star Trek video game, right? Well, what, what John does is he has dozens and dozens of concepts now for Starfleet sure. chips that he's designed over the years, whether they were for... Um, Deep Space Nine. I mean, there's still like a, there's a <laughs> the joke with John is there's a, still a Klingon uh, b- bird of prey. There's still a Klingon bird of prey that John keeps rolling out every time and nobody <laughs> ever wants this heavily armed bird of prey. Right. Okay. Um, but he's he keeps all of these designs that he did, and particularly for Discovery uh, in that first season, he he did something like getting on for a hundred different uh, designs for Starfleet wow. chips. Wow. Um, so when they started on Picard, he just put all of these different things up on the wall. And he had a portfolio that he shared with his boss, Todd, uh, Todd Chanowski. So they they had a lot to choose from. So, um, you know, now pretty much any ship you need, John will have done something kind of along those lines. There's <laughs> always something there that they can call on. Yeah, and I, I know that, you know, some of the interesting things about you know, the ships and the concepts John put together was didn't originally call it the inquiry class. We know that happened later by the production team, but he was thinking of calling it the Neptune class, or there was another variant that looked like the inquiry that we saw called the Neptune. There was also the, I think it was called the Colsto, but pick up the magazine that comes with the model. You can read a lot about it and how it came to be. You can see these designs and what it was originally concepted to look like. So a lot of cool things in there. But since you both contributed to the model's release and and Fabio, since you worked on pulling up the renders and all of that, anything you can share in terms of behind the scenes magic that maybe went into actually getting the Zheng He ready to become a model that, you know, we can all display here in our homes? Well, most of the models nowadays made by studios are made in a format that, that we call NURBS. Mm. I don't want to confuse any listeners, but NURBS allows you to change the amount of detail in, in your model. The closer you are, to the further you are. So the further you're away from it, it's going to consist of very few polygons. Right. And then when you get closer, you can have as many polygons as you want. So everything mm-hmm. can look smooth and nice and beautiful for those hero shots. So the first thing I have to do is decide which parts of the model are meant to be curvy mm-hmm. or round. Okay. And and then make sure I freeze them with the right amount of curviness and roundness. Oh, interesting. Before I make the export, which goes to the factory, so that they, they're not left guessing, basically, right. on what, what needs to be curvy, what needs to be straight. So that takes a while. And then I can get the export out for the factory pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't need textures because they'll work off screen reference or eventually the renders which I send them. Oh, very cool. Well, that's that's a very interesting insight into the process. Thanks for that. And Ben, anything uh, you know behind the scenes that you might be able to share that went into the Zheng He that we haven't already discussed? Well, particularly the fact that that uh, that massive opening on the front of the saucer is was originally going to be a shuttleback. Ah. So the original version, or the original reason why the ship was designed that way, is because the ship was going to be this kind of big shuttle carrier. Oh, right. And it was designed for a totally different episode, a totally different scene. Huh. Uh, and that was the thinking behind it. Wow. So it was sort sort of like a, an advanced hybrid cross between a sovereign class and the, and then Akira then. I think, I mean, John Eves always wants to design ships that are an evolution of what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. So when he was designing all these ships for Picard, he wanted to make them look like ships that came after the Enterprise E. 
Right. So you're going to get those kind of, of details on it. And you can see he, he always makes a big effort to pick up that kind of thing and to incorporate that in his designs. So you get a sense of exactly when it is. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's really cool is that when Fabio has done his bit with the models, we actually give them back to the art department. Oh, really? Because the visual huh. effects team make the models in such a way that the art department can't open them. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Um, so uh, once we've done it, we send them back to the art department and they use them for like um, uh, previs or for... Sure, sure. Uh, they use them to do what they call key scenes, mm-hmm. where you show a ship in action and stuff like that. So we've been doing that a fair amount with, I think, all the ships actually from... Oh, brilliant. Right from the beginning of this season one of Discovery. That's absolutely cool. Well, Talk about partnership. That is absolutely amazing. When it comes to the evolution of the Enterprise E, I did notice something in the cells on one of the models. One looks like a sort of evolution of um, a sovereign class nacelle, mm. which sort of indicates that it's more short range, made for fast speed. And then you've got those big fat nacelles with the larger facades, which I think maybe that model is used for, you know, a bit, bit more lengthy mission ops so they can go further and i think uh, the, the other thing as a fan when i saw the fleet turn up and initially i was sort of oh they're, they're all the same ship mm. but then the thought occurred to me well i doubt german fighters when they were defending against lancaster bombers first thought was oh they're all the same plane so right. it, sort of made, it sort of made sense <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that there's been some uh, fan theory and fan discussion online about that and and thoughts about why why it was like the way it is. And, and other fans are like, oh, I wanted to see more variety. But you know what? Tons of shows coming up, hopefully a lot more ships uh, to see. So we're, we're, we've got a lot ahead of us. Well, I really hope everyone enjoyed this latest episode. Do make sure to pick up the model so you can check it out, as well as the magazine it comes with, so you can see all the original concept art we just spoke about, as well as the designs. Now, before we plug our socials and say goodbye, as a teaser for next episode, we'll be discussing the Romulan Bird of Prey that also showed up in Picard right before Seven made her appearance after saving La Serena from the antique Romulan Bird of Prey ship itself. Uh, Fabio, can you tell our listeners where they can purchase the models or subscribe to the Star Trek Universe collection? Sure. If they head to herocollector.com forward slash Star Trek Universe, they should be able to either purchase the models individually or subscribe. Brilliant. And Ben, what about Hero Collector social media? We're we're doing more and more, actually. Um, We've been having a big push on Instagram, running regular competitions on Instagram now. If anybody wants to win something, yeah, follow to win. Um, And obviously, we're still on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, But yeah, we're trying to do a bit more and uh, to give people an early chance to have a look at some of these ships. Brilliant. And of course, Ship Talking Pod is all over the web as well. You can head to shiptalkingpod.com for details and links to all of our other shows. We're on Twitter. And also, I do suggest you give us a follow there as we're going to launch a giveaway of the USS Zhanghei model. And that goes along with every ship we discuss in the future. So follow, keep an eye out for those, participate, and good luck Hopefully you can win. Also, Ship Talking Pod is on Patreon. In return for your support, which makes everything we do possible, we provide special benefits, including expanded episodes of our main pod, the ability to chat in Discord with some of the guests that join us, special patron-only giveaways, and much more. Head to patreon.com slash shiptalkingpod for details. Ben, Fabio, thank you so much for joining. It was absolutely brilliant to have you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. It was a pleasure. I look forward to um, future meetings. Ah, the pleasure was all ours. And 
And of course, thank you to all of our listeners out there. We really enjoy doing this. It's all for you. So until our next episode, we'll see you then. Ciao for now. Bye. Bye.